Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode number four with Chris Overstreet. My name is Jeff Tharp. I'm your host. Um, I want to inc- uh, thank all of you guys, first of all, for just the positive response to the first couple of episodes. Um, I know you guys were really blessed by Kelsey O'Malley's episode. Uh, we had a lot of fun talking about Jesus and the Holy Spirit and all that good stuff. And also failures as well. Um, and what we learned through those and trying to hear the the voice of the Lord. So, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you guys so much for the support. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up is, yes, we've been talking a lot about millennials and this being, you know, millennial focus. Um but that it's not just for millennials. This is about a mobilization of the whole body. And uh, you know, we've been talking. We've been talking a lot about baby boomers and a lot about millennials and even some Gen Z and the Gen X people feel a little left out. Guys, you are so welcome. And I have to tell you kind of a funny story. My wife and I were laughing about this last night. Back in the '90s, when I was a, a wee lad, um, I was really into the X Men um, with Wolverine and Cyclops and all those guys. And um, uh, I remember hearing about Gen X, that Generation X. And I was like, I thought I was part of Generation X. And I was like, this, we're the X-Men guys. And I was like saying that to all my friends. And we were like, dude, that's so cool. And then I remember being really sad when I found out that um, that I was not part of Gen X. Um, and I was, you know, so I always look at you guys. I, in my head, I've nicknamed you guys the X-Men. So that's pretty cool. You know, you can be Wolverine and Cyclops and, and all that. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to let everybody know everybody is absolutely welcome uh, on this show. Everybody's going to be blessed. We just want to provide a platform for the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does. And that's it. So, all right. Well, my guys, I am super, super, super stoked for today's episode. Um, we've got Chris Overstreet, founder of Compassion to Action here in the Pacific Northwest. And I was telling them before that I, the Lord had me up late last night, uh, woke me up and I was just interceding over this show. There's some pretty, pretty cool stuff we're going to talk about. So without any further ado, let's bring on Chris Overstreet. Bro, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here, man. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be with you guys. Yeah. So you've been on Elijah's dreams back when we did studio shows um, but now we're just doing live streams. Um, but for those who don't know who you are, why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself, maybe tell your testimony of how you came to the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much, Jeff. Uh, yeah. You know, when I was 18 years old, uh, Jeff, I I found myself um, in the jail, jail cell in St. Charles County, uh, Missouri. And, uh, you know, I was raised in church, but um, I always tell people, you know, church doesn't save you. Uh, just going to Church doesn't make you a Christian, just like mm-hmm. going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger. Yeah. And I ended up in jail, uh, Jeff, when I was 18 years old. Um, and there was someone that began to share Jesus with me. His name was Mike. And at first, I didn't want to hear anything about Jesus. Um, but the second day, I was overwhelmed, Jeff, um, with the realization of three things, man. And and the first thing was that Jesus is a son of God, that he died on the cross, he rose again the third day. And number two, I'm a sinner. 
and I'm on my way to hell. But the third thing, Jeff, trumped it all, man. And that is, uh, although I am a sinner and I'm on my way to hell, I don't have to go to hell because mm. Jesus paid for my sin Come and on. he loves me and I can have a relationship with him. I went and got a Bible, got on my knees, man, in my cell, and I just began to pray an honest prayer um, from my heart. And I felt the, the, the presence of Jesus come inside of me. And I was born again, man. I began to confess my sin. All my sin was brought in front of me. And I felt the saving grace come into my cell and change my life. And that was when I was 18 years old. My life's been changed forevermore mm. because of the grace of God and the power of God at work. Mm. So, man, that's how I got saved. That's how I started my yeah. relationship. It wasn't inside of a church building, man. It was inside of a jail cell when I was mm. 18 years old. Come on. Come on. Yeah, my I when I became a, a Christian, it wasn't inside of a church either. It was on the edge of my bed. And I, you know, I grew up at the time my family was Lutheran, and then they just, you know, I had never known Jesus. It was in like um and uh yeah, so I, I remember sitting on the edge of my bed and and I I just felt sad. I was sad all the time, um, and uh accepted Jesus and I didn't really know what I was doing, but it immediately was just like you know, like Holy Spirit. So that's great, man. Um uh, and I have a question though. When you when Mike was, you know, talking to you about the gospel, were you were you angry? Like when you were in jail, were you angry you were in there? Were you afraid that you were in there? What, like what was going through your mind when you were there? Yeah, it's a great question, Jeff. All of the above. I, I was I was angry. I was afraid. I was afraid that I was getting ready to go to prison. You know, I had people telling me that I'm going to go to prison. All of the above. I didn't want to hear Mike preaching the gospel to me. Yeah. In fact, Jeff, I'm going to be really honest with you, man. I begin to swear at Mike when he began <laughs> Jesus with me, man. It's like, don't tell me about this Jesus stuff. And I begin to swear yeah. at him. But yeah. the second day, you know, I had that, I had the conviction of the Holy Spirit and um, he convicted me of my need for Jesus. Mm. And, but after I got born again um, and I gave my life to Christ, he convicted me, the Holy Spirit convicted me. I'm born again. I belong to Jesus that my mm. old, my past is my past. Yeah. And I got a bright, I got a great future with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, and then did you ever, did you, so, um, obviously Mike was probably ecstatic when you accepted the Lord. Um, but were you able to carry on any form of communication with him afterwards? Did you ever see him again after that or hear about him or from him or? Yeah. Uh, you know, when I got out of jail, I, I was only in there for a few days, so I was mm -hmm. bonded out. Um, I was able to stay in contact with Mike for a while. I went and visited him, and then I also wrote some letters to him. But we lost contact. He was he was sent to prison, so mm -hmm. he went out to prison. And, and one day, uh, I'm going to uh, meet with Mike again, and I'm going to tell mm -hmm. Mike, dude, because of you, man, mm -hmm. there has been thousands of people saved because you were faithful to share the gospel to me when mm -hmm. it wasn't popular inside of jail. Yeah. Faithful. Yeah. Such a cool story, dude. I, I've heard it a couple of times, but every single time it makes me smile. I just think it's so cool. So, so you got out of jail, got, you know, wrecked by, you know, Jesus and radically transformed. Um, how did you end up at Bethel? Great, great question. So I went to YWAM in 1999. And yeah, she YWAM. Yeah, man. 
Yeah, uh, there's some there's some YWAM members watching this right now. I just yeah. want to give you guys a shout out, or there's yeah. some people thinking about going to YWAM. Yeah. Youth Mission changed my life, and so Same in here. Chico, California, I went to YWAM, and that's where I met Bill Johnson, senior leader at Bethel Church. After my YWAM experience in Chico, California, I went back to St. Louis, and Jeff, I was praying. I said, "Lord, what do you want to do with my life?" One night, Jeff, when I was sleeping, radical encounter, I heard the audible voice of the Lord. Now, I wish God spoke to me like this all the time, man, but he doesn't. But I was, I was, I was, I was awakened at night, heard the voice that said, you will be moving. And then I, I prayed and I sought the Lord. I said, God, where do you want me to go? And then a month and a half later, uh, as I was praying, he spoke to my heart. He said to move to Redding, California, go to the school of supernatural ministry. It's time for you to get equipped for what I have for you to do in the future. And that was in 2000. So I was in Redding, California um, um, in 2000, went through the school of ministry for three years there. That's awesome. So you were at Bethel and, you know, you, if I'm remembering the story correctly, you had kind of, um, a great opportunity present itself, but, but God had other plans for you. Um, and, uh, and that's what led you up to the Pacific Northwest. But I wanted you to actually tell that story because like we were talking about before the show, there's a lot of people being relocated right now and they're feeling the Lord pulling them in different directions. Um, and maybe some people don't want to go where they feel like the Lord is telling them to go. Um, but there's a great message behind your story. So I just wanted to give you the floor to, to kind of talk about that process of, you know, being at Bethel, you know, having all this, these great opportunities. And then all of a sudden you have a check and the, the, you know, the Lord's leading you somewhere else. Yeah. Um, you know, I was there for 18 years, Jeff. So it served, mm -hmm. had an opportunity to build a lot of different things, partner with a lot of different ministries, travel around the world. Uh, but my dream really was to to build a, a crusade department at Bethel Church. Um, in 2015, uh, we had our first daughter and uh, Brielle and my wife, Stephanie, um, she she had postpartum depression and she wanted to move to the northwest. Um, I didn't want to move to the northwest whatsoever, uh, Jeff. And um, so my wife just began to ask me over and over and over, can we move? Can we move? And um, I didn't want to. One day I came home from a meeting and my wife was really struggling that day. And um, I went into our room and I said, God, I don't understand. And I knew God was prompting us to transition, but it was hard. And sometimes yeah. when God is asking you to do things that you don't understand, it's hard. Mm -hmm. And it was the hardest decision I ever made, Jeff. But mm -hmm. God was totally in it. And so I got on my knees and I, and I remember just uh, lifting my hands up to the Lord and saying, I, go, I, I don't understand, God, but I surrender. So I lift my hands up. I said, Lord, I don't understand. I surrender. And in that moment, I, I surrendered my position as the outreach director, discipleship pastor at Bethel Church. I surrendered my finances, my job, my salary, my benefits. I surrendered. I knew that I was going to be surrendering our house that we had. We had a wonderful house. But but that God had something in our future, but I did not know what it looked like. I just knew that I was called to surrender and move to the Northwest to take care of my wife. Jeff, the moment I began to surrender, bro, the moment I began to surrender, 
and said yes to the Lord, started the process of transition, my wife got better. And she was, she was like, man, all the depression left. And, um, and God just began to line up things, but it was the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. But it is the most rewarding thing, Jeff, that I've ever done. And I always tell people that God can use your pain to get you in your purpose. Mm. That's so good, man. And it, I mean, it, I, I'm just imagining being in that situation, you know, and I've definitely had my fair share of things where it's like, Ooh, dude, this is, this is not, it doesn't make sense or doesn't um, even actually even um, coming here to work for the Elijah list actually was kind of a, sort of like that. Um, because in full transparency, when I, when I first got the offer, I was like, no way, no. And then it came up again and I was going to say no. And I heard the Holy spirit say, just hear him out. Just go meet with them. Just hear him out. And I remember they were, we went and we, uh, they were going to shoot an episode in, uh, one of their studio. And I went and I immediately just, I, this peace settled over me and it was like, what would have happened? You know, if our, you know, it's like you fight your flesh and it's like your flesh, if you let it, will take over. And it's, it's like, who do, who do we follow? Do we follow Jesus? Do we follow the, his leading, even if it doesn't make sense or yeah. do we go with what we think we want where it's like, Lord, no, I want to do this great, this other great thing in your name, you know? And it's really what it was is about me and the things that I wanted to do were about me. And it's like accepting the job, you know, it's like where I'm at now, I would have never guessed. I'm like, Hey, congratulations. You have a show, you know, it's like, wait, what, you know? So it's like the things that God has in store for us are far beyond what we can imagine, you know? And, um, and so I just love your story. And I, you know, backstage, I was talking to you about how it reminded me a lot of Philip in the book of Acts in Acts chapter eight, you know, where he's, he's mm -hmm. in Samaria and it, you know, the Holy spirit is just lighting the place up and, and people are getting saved. And, uh, I think there was like some kind of like a, a sorcerer or a witch doctor type person that got delivered who was, you know, and then, uh, some other disciples come, you know, and it's just like things are happening. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden the Holy spirit's like, Hey, Philip, go walk South towards Gaza. And he meets the, the, the eunuch there. And, and, um, you know, it's like, because God wanted to reach the one and, mm -hmm. He didn't have to go big. Whoa, hold on. Like nothing's down there. It's in the desert. Like, why would, I'm not going to go out there. Like the, things are happening right here. This is where I want to be. And it wasn't about that. And Philip clearly recognized that. And, and ultimately you did too. And I think that it's, it's a, a testimony that's really going to help a lot, help a lot of people provide encouragement to a lot of people who are right where you were in that place where things yeah. didn't make sense. And, and there was heartache about the, the, the notion of leaving where they were because on paper, it should make perfect sense. No, this is, this was my dream. This is where I was supposed to be. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, so basically you're, you're telling people to just, just take the plunge. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm telling people, you know, um, lead, be led by the spirit and being led by the spirit sometimes doesn't make sense. It's not a rational, you know, it's, but it's, it's quick obedience, whatever is God saying and trusting him, you know, we compassion action, our ministry is called compassion to action. Compassion action wasn't even in existence when I surrendered, 
compassion action came out of surrender. It was birthed out of surrender. And, uh, and I look at back now, three years later, and I'm so glad that we chose to obey the Lord. You know, God gave me a warning dream. And in the dream, um, in that process, he showed me I was uh, speaking at a, um, the convention center in Redding, California, with all the school of ministry students. And it was like I was older in the dream. And I become a professor. You know, I was telling people techniques, you know, this is how you can be a witness. But there was no passion to be a witness in the dream. It was just like a professor. It was like, you know, speaking from past experience, but but not really having the conviction in my own personal life. There was a warning dream. And I I would say that it's important that people pay attention to how God is speaking to them and obey the voice of of the Lord. Go for it. God's raising up a generation right now of radical individuals, of young people that say, you know what? We don't have time to waste. We got to obey what God has placed in our heart and to move forward in great faith, with great faith, with great courage. Yeah, that's good. So when you moved up to Pacific, the Pacific Northwest, uh, it, it was like an instant, almost an instantaneous change, specifically with your wife, you started to see like right away. Jeff, bro, before we even moved, we saw the change. And so here we are in Reading and the change, you know, she had gotten better before we even moved. But we had already set up the process of us transitioning. We already told people we're transitioning. So we couldn't stop the process because God had already been speaking and he'd already been showing us different things. So we could not back down. We had to move forward in great faith. Yeah. So. You moved up there and then was it like right away, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I got this idea. It's going to, you know, the Lord gave me this idea for compassion to action or how did that, how did that even develop? Yeah, it was six months later after my surrender, I was in an event in Stockholm, Sweden, and um, it's a stadium event there with Awakening Europe. And as I'm getting ready to speak on this particular Saturday, training to equip thousands of people to go to the streets, I have this vision. And in the vision, I saw God moving in Portland and that we were to have a stadium seating event in Portland. Mm-hmm. And I said to the Lord, I said, God, it seems just like you that you would cause a deep surrender in my heart um, before he even showed me a vision. So God showed me this vision and then compassion to action was birthed out of that vision. And we just began to rally the troops and um, began to, to seek the Lord and to pray and, uh, and say, well, God, what do you want it to look like? And so we took the next season to develop that. And in 2018, uh, we had our first event, our Compassion Action event um, called uh, Portland 2018 in Portland. Yeah. I think the Elijah list was there. We interviewed a couple of people, too. That was that was a really yeah. cool event, man. That was that was awesome. So. um. Kind of fast forward a little bit. Last time you were on the show, we had you on here early 2020. It was like pre-Rona. And um, uh, you were talking about this vision you had for gospel trucks. Steve was interviewing you on Elijah's Dreams. And yep. uh, yeah. And so talk a little bit about that and just the fruit of of that, you know, coming to pass. And, and so, yeah, go for it. Yeah, in 2019, December 17th of 2019, the Lord gave me a word that 2020 was going to be a year of courage. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't see the full picture. I just knew for us um, that he was saying, live a life of courage. Don't shrink back in fear and tell other people to live a life of courage. You're going to need it in 2020. 
So 2020 comes around and the Lord reminds me of a vision that I had in 2015 um, that we were to get a gospel truck and that we would take it around the nation. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. And so I was reminded of that. And we began to set out and cast the vision that we're going to get a gospel truck. And, and and it was the midst of everything and the coronavirus. I mean, everything that was happening. And we, we shared the vision. Um, that we're going to get a truck and trailer stage and we're going to take it around the nation and preach the gospel. Uh, and and that's what we begin to do. We begin to communicate the vision, raise the finances for it. And the Lord just blessed it in the midst of everything. And uh, and I go back. This is why it's so important, Jeff, to hear the word of the Lord, because if I would have listened to people more than the voice of the Lord, we would have shrank back in fear Man. and we would have been cowards and our ministry would have collapsed. Now, I'm yeah. not and anything negative about any other ministries. I just know for us, God said, move forward with courage. And that's what we did. And um, and we were able to get the gospel truck um, at the end of 2020 and, and launch out um, in 2021. Dude, I think that is so good. And I, I think so often, you know, um, again, especially right now with people being relocated, um, I think that, it is very easy to, you know, it's like you, you, your family, you love them, you value their input, especially if you're close with them and to have somebody speak out against you stings. I've had it before as well. You know, it stings, but it's like, don't shrink back from what, what the Lord is having you do. It's not Mm -hmm. your job to understand why it's your job to yield and to, to follow where the Lord is leading you. And it's kind of like when you, the Lord prompts you to step out and maybe give a word to somebody. Um, like even just yesterday, I, I did that. I was at Trader Joe's and somebody was there and I was like, I got to give this word to them. And I only had one thing, you know, and it was like, you step out in faith, not understand. It was like, well, I don't, that's not going to make sense. I don't know why, why we, why would you tell me to say that I need to, I need more details, God, before I, so I can rehearse a script or I, so I can. And I just went over and I was like, Hey, you know, this, you know, and, and then it was like, immediately the Holy spirit was like this, boom, 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 you know? And, um, you know, and so it was like, God totally, uh, you know, impacted her in that moment, you know? So it's like moments like that where it's like, you can't, you can't wait for, you can't wait for things to make sense. You just have to go for it. Um, wherever the the Holy spirit. And a lot of times it's like, yeah, like you'll just be like, Hey, move to the Pacific Northwest. You're like, (laughs) God, you tell me more before and then I'll go, you know, cause like that's the last place I want to go. So, um, that's great. But, um, one thing that you said in your last interview with Steve, um, about your vision for these gospel trucks was yes, to preach the gospel was yes, to go, um, you know, drive around the country. Um, but also you wanted to provide a platform for young people. Yeah. Um, and so talk a little bit about that. And then also you can introduce, you brought some guests as well who have a great testimony. Yeah, I, I just really felt that, you know, the gospel truck, which is a mobile stage, it folds out to be a mobile stage that we preach the gospel from. I just really felt a conviction in my heart that God wants to raise up young people mm-hmm. and he wants young people to be a voice to this generation. So I, I had the sense that God wants to create you know, uh, such a synergy 
of creative arts. He wants to release creative arts. He wants to release music and to go to areas that are um, low income areas, go to areas that are poor and to, to do open air events and see young people have an opportunity to preach the gospel on the stage. But also, before we even get on the stage, do training and equipping with people uh, to take it out on the streets. And, and we've been seeing that. You know, we've been seeing some of our young people do training and equipping and send them out on the streets so and, cool. uh, and see people get saved, healed, and delivered. And mm-hmm. it's, been, it's been absolutely incredible what God is doing. And, and so we've got, we've got a, a, our worship leader, Daniela. Um, has this radical testimony, and I think about I think about you know Daniela's story, and I think about okay wh- what God is doing in Daniela right now with worship, open air worship on the gospel stage. I think like what would have happened if we did not say yes to the vision to get the gospel truck, Dude. you know? And Dude. I just you know you that are watching right now, you know, um, I want you to realize that you're yes to Jesus not only will impact your lives, but impact other people's lives around you. I want you to hear this testimony of Daniela, of what God has done in her life, and Ashley, one of our team members, and just how Daniela was literally raised from the dead two years ago, and God is just using her voice to share this testimony wherever we go with the gospel truck. This is Daniela and Ashley on our team. Yeah, great. Let's bring them in. Hi. Hi. I uh, am very excited for this story. I so um, I guess I just want you guys to just to start what happened, you know, uh, just give us the details. Okay. Well, I'm Daniela. This is I'm Ashley. Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> um, so two years ago, um, I, uh, I have like a just for background, I'm a really healthy person. So this is a wild, wild story. Um, I came home from work one day and I started to feel unwell. And at that time, Ashley was a roommate in my house and, um, I began to feel unwell and I had called the paramedics and uh, found out that I was having severe blood loss. And, um, I went to the ER, the ER sent me home. They're like, you're fine. Everything's fine. I went home. And then within a couple hours of coming home, I was just sitting in bed, walked into the bathroom and I had lost consciousness in the restroom. And at that point, you should share what you. Yeah. So it was kind of wild because I was working, I was doing my internship with Chris because I went to Bethel. And then for my third year, I came up and moved to intern with Chris and I was working at the psych ward night shift. So I would do 12 hour night shifts and I had just got home. So I was so tired. And out of nowhere, I just woke up. And usually it takes me a while. Like, I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a slow burn. Yeah. woke up out of nowhere, and I heard the smallest, like, faint. Like, it was just like. And I was like, I don't know how instantly I knew. I just jumped up, and I ran into Daniela's bathroom, and I found her on the ground. And um, I looked at her, and she was so pale, like a ghost. And I was like, Daniela, D. Well, I call her D. I'm like, D, you okay? And she she said, she was like, I think I'm dying. And I was like, in my head, yeah, she looked like she was dying medically. But yeah. I looked at her and I'm yeah. like, no, you're not, you're not dying. We're going to get you yeah. up. We're going to get you changed. And I'm going to get you yeah. to the hospital right now. And I know like instantly, like in those moments, you have to have calm. Like you have to be so calm. Yeah. And you have to know that you have peace 
so that the other person can have peace. And I'm like, no, you're going to be fine. Like, you're going to, I'm just going to speak live. Like, no, you're not going to die. You're going to get up. I'm going to go. And as soon as when we literally walk into the hospital, she faints and like, they like rush in and they like hook her up to all these IVs and everything like that. But, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. So I'm laying in the hospital and, um, I kept telling them, I think, I think something's getting worse and it's kind of like, no, you're fine. And so, um, actually the compassion to action team, I wasn't even on the team yet, but they were the ones that came to the hospital. Like, no, we're going to pray for you. We're going to make sure it's fine. Chris came to the hospital. The entire team was taking turns to come into my room and just speak healing, speak healing. And no doctor at that point had any grid for what was going on. Everybody, they were, you know, they had done the scopes. They were like, you have no sorts of bleed, but you are like pouring out blood. And, um, it came not even 24 hours after I had visited the hospital, I was rapidly declining. And, um, I got up and, um, I went to the restroom and Ashley was in the room. One of my good friends was in the room and, uh, a family member of mine, a cousin was in the room. And, um, in, in that moment, um, when I got up and I went into the restroom, I actually, that's literally where I, I lost it. Like I lost so much blood that I literally flatlined in that bathroom. Um, oh my goodness. So you were just bleeding internally. Yeah. It was just coming out. And oh I remember goodness. coming to the, to the restroom and I was like, I started to see the light and I was like, this is weird. Um, and I could barely tap the, the bathroom. And I think, I think you had come in to check and you ran in and you ran out to call the code and my cousin ran in just in time and she caught me. And she told me even to this day, cause she's a nurse. She's been a nurse for a long time. She said, I've had a lot of people die on my watch. I've never felt someone actually lift out wow. of themselves yeah. when I'm holding them. And so I think it was a surreal experience for everyone, but yeah. the, this is, this is the part that always I'm like, okay, God, this is you. <laughs> um, they got me onto that bed and they called a code. And so it was like, what, 20 doctors and nurses in that room. It was a lot of people. The room was crammed. Um, and this is all, so at this point, this is all part of the story I've recounted from my three friends that were in the room. Yeah. And, and uh, Ashley, obviously you were, you're still there at this point. Yeah. I was in the yeah. room. Yeah. Um, and they got me on the bed. They're trying to get a heartbeat on me. They're trying to get me back and all the machines aren't working. It's not working right. And at that point, I had lost so much blood that I had one eighth of the blood left in my body. Oh, my goodness. You can imagine, you know, your veins are flat. They were flat. They couldn't get an IV in me. Oh, my goodness. Could not resuscitate me there, you know. And um, actually, in that moment, um, what had happened when I had, you know, died on Earth, I was caught up in this heavenly experience where it felt like unsurpassable peace was there. I wasn't scared of death. I wasn't like freaking out. There was, there was none of that weirdness. It was completely peaceful. And I remember seeing the Lord and I was like, somehow I processed, Oh, I'm not alive anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I was just looking at the Lord. And ever since I've been a child, I had this Bible verse with the Lord that I was always like, it's, um, I'm going to read it to you. It's Exodus 20, 12. It says, honor your mother and your father that your days may be long upon the land, which the Lord, your God is giving you. And I remember telling the Lord when I was a kid, I was like, God, 
want a long life. So I'm just going to honor my mom and dad because I want a long life. So I'm just going to keep pushing for this. And it was, it was honestly, it was a life verse that became a, a rock for me. And I remember looking at the Lord and being like, Jesus, I thought we had a deal. <laughs> and Come on. I, yeah, <laughs> I saw a smile come across his face and he just turned and started walking the opposite way. And it was in that moment I realized, oh, he's giving me my life back. And oh, this sing out the song of healing came out and I began to sing out the song of healing to Jesus as he was walking back. And um, what's wild is actually in the physical, in the room, they still didn't have a heartbeat. I was still flatlined. The machines were still not working. But as I was laying flat, I began to sing out that song that I was singing in the spirit, in the physical. Yeah. Um, Wild. And so everyone in that room couldn't figure out who was singing because no one thought to look at me. But was it you that told me? When you saw that it was me? Yeah, because um, me and um, the other girl, Olga, we were in the corner praying because mm-hmm. we were just like, they can do all these medical things, but we need resurrection power right now. Yeah. And we were just in the corner praying. And then the room, I just heard a voice and I was like, I think that's the singing. And as soon as when I heard her singing, like so low and faint, I was like, oh, she's going to be fine. Like, she's going to be yeah. fine. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. yeah. And like, <laughs> go for it. Yeah, no. Yeah, and the Lord, you know, everything started working. They got an IV and all of a sudden they started the transfusion and it began a fight for my life. I mean, like the Lord literally resurrected me. I think everyone in that room has no words for it still. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they had me in the hospital for another three days. But I remember, um, I believe it was on the third day, they wanted me to start walking around again. And I remember I just wanted, like, I couldn't even process what was happening because when I was still in the ICU, I remember I had asked someone by my bedside, I said, am I going to die? Because I still had no, I was like, I know Jesus brought me back to life, but like, what's going on? And this girl had said, she's like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And like, it, it was it was an interesting moment, even in my spirit, because I was like, God just brought me back to life in yeah. front of this person. And they still don't know if I'm going to live. And it began this thing in my heart where I was like, no, I believe that God's going to keep me alive. Like, I believe that people are coming around me. I can feel the yeah. prayers of my family, of compassion to action, of my church, of my friends. I could feel it begin to lift my spirit because it was heavy to go mm-hmm. go into that. And I remember on the I believe it was the third day when they asked me to start walking around. I took my pole. I'm attached to the heart monitor. I'm like, probably look like a ghost. So pale. And I remember I just wanted to be alone. Like I wanted to process what just happened with the Lord. And I walked to the end of the hall and there was this huge window. And this whole time they had me turned away from the windows. I didn't know what was going on outside. And I remember looking out that window and everything was blanketed with snow. And I began to weep in the hall because I, it was such a prophetic picture of like, God literally just gave me my life back. He, it's like he wiped me like that pure, a snow thing, like uh-huh. that, unsustainable, yeah. like, you know, like that breath of life. And I like lost it in the hallway because it hit me. I was like, God just gave me my life back. And I've been, in in worship ministry for 
I think over 10 years now, but after that, I remember praying, um, to the Lord as like, God, I, I don't want to stay in the four walls of the church. Like I, I want to reach out. I want to reach out. And I gave God like specific visions I had for the future of my worship that I wanted with him. And I remember Chris calling me and he's, and he's like, yeah, do you want to sing with us? And it was the exact things that I had prayed to, to the Lord. Like, this is what I want to dedicate my life to God. This is, I want to make sure that I'm, you know, sharing the story that I'm sharing the power of God, because I believe that if he did it for me, he can do it for others. And, um, yeah, in that, like, it's been wild. I've been able to sing out my testimony. I've been able to just, um, grow even in that. So, yeah. Do you remember the song you sang? I knew you were going to ask me this question. <laughs> I was like, what's oh, you don't have to sing it. I was just like, do you, do you remember it? Do you? I don't remember the words, but I remember it had to do with healing. And I remember singing out Jesus, you're my healer. Oh, man. And yeah, the rest of it was. So when you were, after you'd come back and you're sitting there, no, I'm I'm going to live. Like, would you, did you ever speak out loud that? Or was it just mostly internal while you're laying there? At which part? So when you, when you came back to life, and you're laying there and you're like, am I, am I, you know, you were saying like, even though I, I came back, you know, and I knew that Jesus had given me, given me my life back that you were kind of, you said you were kind of in this weird place and you looked at, I think it was like one of the nurses or somebody and you were like, am I going to die? And they're like, I don't know, you know? And, and you were like, no, no, I'm going to live. I'm going to live. Um, saying that to yourself, did you ever speak that out loud or was it all just kind of internal? Cause I'm like, I don't know how low your energy was at that point. Like, was it even just too hard to speak or was it? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, my energy was pretty low, but I, I tell you, so when that happened, I remember I was laying flat and tears started to stream down my face. Cause yeah. I, I realized I was in this moment of, am I going to turn to hope or am I not? But I'm so weak and I can't even like, I'm so weak. And I kid you not, in that moment, that's, I think when I really started to feel the prayers of everyone around me, it felt like this hand on my back, lifting me up to hope, wow. like something was pushing me in a, wow. in a good way. Right. And, yeah. um, after that, I like, as people be, as faith filled people begin to fill that room and say, you're going to be okay. You're going to get through this. God mm -hmm. rose you up. You're going to raise yeah. up again. And yeah. it's like, it, it's, it is so necessary to gather around those are weak that are weak and that are sick because in the spirit we are transforming the actual physical surface of what's going on Come so on. i began to speak that out as i was beginning to regain my strength but i had yeah. the people around me to start saying that as well yeah well and the reason why i asked is because it's so words are so powerful and i think so often you know even joking people are like oh i'm an idiot oh i'm this i'm that and even what I love is that even scientifically, like there have been so many studies on the power of speaking things out. You know, I don't know if you've seen those studies on like ice, ice crystals forming and speaking yeah. certain words, like plants growing and they'll speak certain words. And depending on whether they're life giving words or, you know, um, not that the plants will get gross as they're like growing or the ice crystals will get super jagged. And then, but when they spoke words of like life affirming words, the ice crystals actually became like round and beautiful and like all this stuff. So I don't know if you've seen those studies, but it is so powerful to speak things out. I mean, Jesus even said, my, 
the words I've spoken to you are spirit. Um, and so I just, man, I like, that's why I asked, um, just, and it sounds like, yeah, you even had people speaking over you audibly. I just think that there's so, so much power, power in that. Um, so you, you legit saw Jesus. Like that's, that's amazing. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. Yeah. I was saying too. (laughs) Yeah. And like, so when you were, when you saw Jesus, was it literally like just Jesus? Did you see anything around him? You know, for me, I just saw Jesus and I saw a color that I don't know if I've ever seen on earth, but the only way I can describe it is like a light purity. And um, for me, I saw his outline and I saw just very vague figures of his face, but his smile is what was the one thing that I recall. And um, yeah, it was, it was also the presence of Jesus. It's that unsurpassable piece of, just blew my mind yeah. in that moment. That's that's the main um, characteristics that I experienced in that moment. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is a question for both of you from different perspectives. How is this? How has this changed you? Because like, this is like one of those moments where you're like, you know, there was the time before and there's the time after. Because it's just such a big thing. So how has this changed? both of you guys and what has the Lord done through you as a result of this? Yeah. Um, I feel like I got radically saved in 2012 and I just believed the gospel and I saw like two months into my walk, I saw a lady with like a shrivel hand and a stroke get completely healed and that she walked out of the park completely healed. And that day marked me. So I had radical faith when I got saved, I didn't know. I just came straight from the hood, the ghetto. You know, I grew up in so much abuse, my brother's gang member, all this stuff. So Mm -hmm. I didn't know any different. Like I didn't know any other gospel, but the gospel that I walked into. And that was the raw power of Jesus. You know, it talks about Mm -hmm. like in Corinthians that um, he's saying like, I didn't come with persuasive words, but I came with the demonstration of the power of God. And, um, I don't know, even working in the medical field, like I worked in hospitals. I saw crazy miracles. I saw the dead raised. I saw cancer dissolve. Like I saw people walk out of wheelchairs um, that I was just like, God, there's nothing you can't do. So like when I knew that D was like that, I was like, God, this is, this is nothing for you. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, that I feel like even in those moments, like, we can become so accustomed to his miracle working power. We can become so accustomed um, to going to church and, you know, just singing the song and, you know, but, but not really knowing him, not like really having that deep intimacy with him. And so I think in my heart, my heart is always checked. Like this is a miracle and I'm not going to just take it for granted. Like Lord, and I'm going to stay in communion with you. And I'm going to still believe that you're a miracle working God, whether it be a headache or whether it be a resurrection, I'm going to celebrate the miracle. And I think it's always just a good reminder, like Ash, 
always have your heart postured towards the king that he's real and that he's tangible um, and that he can do these things and Mm -hmm. so i think like just uh, me i think it's always just a reminder of what he can do not just Mm -hmm. in my life but in the life of others when we believe and we step into something greater than ourselves, where where we're like no, like God, I'm going to pull you down. I'm going to, I'm going to call you down as the healer because this is who you say you are. Mm-hmm. Um, like Moses, he, he convinced the Lord to not, to not take out that city. He moved the heart of God mm-hmm. in a way where he must've been that close to the Lord, um, for the Lord to reconsider, to not, to not take out that city. Um, mm-hmm. but I think just a heart posture for me of like, don't allow your heart to grow cold when miracles happen. Ash. You allow your heart to stay tender. You allow your heart to stay pure and you, you remain humble in these things and this, Mm -hmm. in this sense of like, of knowing him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. (laughs) It's so good, Ashley. So good. Daniel, what about Daniela? What about you? Um, how did it change me overall? Well, yeah. And like, also, I mean, cause obviously Ashley came from, I don't know if you, came from a place of seeing a lot of that similar stuff that she did growing up or, you know, and even just like seeing miracles, like, did you come from a similar place when this happened or like what? Yeah. So like, how did, how did that trend? Like, how did that change you? How did this experience change you? Like what, what's the marked difference before and after this experience? Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely don't have a limit for what I believe God can do at this point. Uh, a lot more bold with that. Um, a lot more bold with when people tell me they're sick and they're struggling, I'm like, all right, God can heal that. And I have no doubt in my heart and it it just, you know, it made me savor every day because it's so easy even after experience like this it is so easy to still go back and get stuck in the day-to-day petty things of life and be like oh this sucks and this blah blah instead of taking the day and saying god what miracles can you do through me today because you know like this is wild so (laughs) speaking on like your the words have power right so four Mm -hmm. months after i'm out of the hospital i was on bed rest i went to israel and everyone thought i was like People were like, are you crazy, are you crazy, crazy pants, crazy? crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that the Lord had made a way and I was like, I'm going to go to this. And I, this is absolutely hilarious. I went to Israel with a group of 50 atheists after this. Oh, wow. None of them knew my story. I didn't know I was in a group of atheists. Like it was a wild coincidence thing. Um, it was just, it was a government trip that I went on, but mm-hmm. It was wild because I was so fresh out of that moment that I literally could not care that they were mocking the Lord. I was like, this is what Jesus did for me. And I had people weeping in my hotel room, sharing with them. I'm like, God can heal you. God can do anything. I'm like, I had the soldiers that were guarding us the entire trip. This, they were coming there saying, who are you? Like, how do you know the future? I'm like, I don't know nothing. Like, I don't know. It's the spirit of God. This is God good plans for you. God has not given up on you. Like you're not too lost for him. That, yeah. That's not a thing. Like he can, he can, per, uh, what is that? He can pierce even your heart in love. And, um, it was, it was just a wild experience. Like, I feel like I lost my, like 
what is it called? Hesitation. I just stopped caring for the fear of man. I was like, I don't need you to justify if God did this for me or not. It's, but he did it. Right. So, you know, um, yeah. yeah, People can't take away that experience, you know, like you had that experience, you know, and you have multiple eyewitnesses as well, but it's like, you can't take away somebody's experience. And I think that's, that's where God is using the power of this too, is like, yeah, you were around a bunch of atheists, but they couldn't, they couldn't be like, no, you didn't experience that. You know, like, you know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. That is so, so good. So we've got some people that aren't, um, they've never heard something like this before. And what, what would you say? What would you, I mean, you kind of already said it, Daniela, but what would you say to those people? Maybe they're, maybe they're even atheists. What would you say to them? Well, first, I think first I'd say is let God encounter you where you are. Um, the love of God is not bounded by our mindset. It's not hindered. It's not hindered by anything. It actually can break through anything. If you give him a chance, like you said that you encountered him in your own bedroom. I've had more encounters with Jesus, not in a church. Right. And yeah. so oh, yeah. I just say that, like, ask him, ask him to encounter you, ask him to show you, because I think, uh, not, I think, but it says that his spirit will pour out even more. Right. And so I think we're actually being set up for something wild. We're going to start seeing wild resurrections even more often. They're already happening. They're already happening. But um, I just think the spirit of God is pouring out more and more and more on people. Um, But yeah, I I think that's like to sum up everything else I've been saying. Yeah. God is not limited. Yeah. When something that I has come up continually, even just in the past few episodes, is just engaging your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so often I can even just look back at the times when I was younger and um, younger in my walk or even before I was a Christian where it's like, there's like, absolutely not. There's no way I need to see cold, hard evidence in order to, in order to believe. And I think that there's so much power and even like, like you having this experience, right? Ashley, you witnessing this experience. Ultimately, though, you're you're now at a place where you're like, God can do anything. I don't need to see the evidence of it. I, you know, and maybe you were even at that place, you know, before you know this experience where you're like, I don't need to see the evidence to believe. And Ashley, it kind of sounds like you were at that place where you're like, no, she she'll be fine. God's God is gonna God is gonna see this through. And I think that that's such a powerful message of of engaging your faith. It's like, you know, even like with Thomas, you know, that famous story in the gospel where Thomas is like, Oh, I need to see Jesus's nails. And I need to see his, the, the hole in his side for me to believe. And he's like, you've seen and, and you believe, but even blessed, more blessed are those who believe without seeing. And yeah. I think that that's like, that's what Jesus is talking about. It's like engaging our faith, stepping out and believing. It's like, we, we're not going to know the answers. We're not going to know every variable of like, Oh, I've seen him do this. So therefore I know exactly how that this is going to work. And it's like, we don't, the only thing we know is to, we, we have, we, we believe in the name of Jesus and the power of, of the name of Jesus. And so guys, I'm like really stoked right now. Like this is, this is, this is awesome. So can you, Danielle, can you just do me a favor and just, um, can you just pray? Um, you know, even just like people that are like, 
a puddle of tears right now and God is totally wrecking. Like there's people that are encountering Jesus for the first time. And so I just want to like, and Ashley, if you feel led to pray too, you don't have to, but just, just go ahead and just pray for the people. Jeff, before we pray, I just want to say something, if that's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely. When you asked Daniela the question about, you know, if there's an atheist in the room, like I used to be like that. Mm-hmm. But the, the truth of the reality is, if, you're, if, if you don't know God, I want to let you know, take God out of the picture. You can say that. But look, at, we were created to, to be loved and to know love. Mm-hmm. Like you can't look anywhere scientifically, scientifically in the science backs up the Bible. 100%. You can ask as many questions. You can you can fight, you can do all these things. But at the end of the day, your soul is longing to know the source. And mm-hmm. you can you can medicate yourself with drugs. You can sleep around. You can do all these things longing, looking for love. Maybe you were abused like me and you wanted love from your mom and dad and never got it. But so you look for it everywhere else and you're trying to look for it. But until you know the one that created you, your soul will long. Mm. But once you meet the creator that created you, which is God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, then all of that stuff begins to cease. You begin to find fulfillment. It's talking about like real joy. You can have real joy. You can have real peace inside you knowing that he He created you and that you were made for a purpose. And you, your life may not look like mine or Daniela's or Jeff's, but you have a purpose here on this earth to reach the people that you are supposed to impact, That's you so know? Good. And so ask yourself the question, what's holding you back? Like what is really holding you back? Ask the hard questions. It's like the wind. You, you can't see the wind, but you can feel it. And sometimes we can't see Jesus, but we can physically feel him when we invite him into our heart. When mm. we ask him, are you really real? Can you really show yourself a proof? I mean, if you woke up and you're breathing, that's evidence that God's real because he let you live another day. And so I just say, ask the hard questions. If you don't believe and you're like, oh, this sounds all too good to be true. Well, be bold. Ask God who he is. I tell him, who are you? Show up. Yeah. I don't know who you are. Are these people really saying who they who you really are? Is it really real? That's what I did. And boom, mm-hmm. he showed up in a radical way. He met me where I never knew what love looked like. And he met me in love. Mm-hmm. And so maybe yours is different. But I promise you, if you ask those questions, God, are you really real? Show me. He, mm-hmm. He'll show up because he's not afraid. He's waiting. He's excited yeah. to meet you. That's he so made good. you. Yeah. yeah. So good. Off of that, actually. So if, if uh, at our last event we just had in Oroville, California, there was a gal that was texting someone and saying, I'm going to commit suicide right now. And this guy was trying to tell her, just come to this event that we were doing out there. She's like, no, I'm going to the river. I'm going to kill myself. And he was like, I'm, I'm trying to pull her out. I'm trying to get her to come. And oh, like, he Christ. said that this lady it was one of the most notorious people in that city. Like she, the way he put it, he's like, I, I don't know, like for God to reach out and touch her is wild. Like that's her reputation in that city. Wow. He just kept trying. He's like, please come, please come. And she stopped responding. And you know, the city, the, the river in Orville goes across the whole city, but like out of all the places she could have been, she was actually trying to commit suicide right where we were along the bank. And oh, also, 
asking him and heard the music and started to come up. And she went to the middle of the crowd. He went and got her, brought her to the middle of the crowd. No one even laid hands on her. This lady was saved, healed, and delivered. And she's standing there saying, this is so beautiful. And God literally saved her in that time. You see, like the thing is, you're not too far gone. God can touch anyone in any moment. Just to edify, you know, if, if, you know, we're just, there you go. So I'm just going to pray. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry. (laughs) We get excited. Yeah. Yeah. Get excited. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus, I thank you for your Lordship in this nation and the nations across the world, Lord. I thank you that you have not lost your power, God, that your spirit is still moving upon the face of the earth. I pray for any doubt, God, that you would meet your people in an Mm -hmm. encounter, God. Would you fall on the hunger? Would you fall on the questions, Jesus? Would you meet people just where they are? God, would you birth dreams right out of them again? God, I speak against any depression, any suicidal thoughts, any any questioning, God, that's holding people back, God. I speak a spirit of clarity, and I speak for for you your Holy Spirit to flow and to burn away anything that's not of you, God. I pray that you would just unleash your encounters like never before in dreams and visions and places that are not normal for people to encounter you. Jesus, I just speak that your presence would fill the room of anyone listening right now, God. Would you fill them up, up, up fresh, God? And would you just breathe on the dreams, God, breathe on the dreams of anyone listening to this, Jesus. We thank you and we yield to you, Jesus. We thank you for every listening ear and open heart, God. Just ask that you would fall on them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wow. <laughs> Guys, wow. This is so awesome, man. Um, I, I'm just, yeah, I'm, this is, this was great. So Thank you guys so much. Um, and then really quick, we'll bring Chris back on just to kind of close this out. But God okay. bless you guys. Thank We're you so much guys. for sharing, both of you. Man. You. Yeah. <laughs> Bro. <It was> wild. <laughs> Bro. It was so, dude, people are, dude. Yes. Yes. So uh, one last thing, Dan, that I wanted to talk about was you were talking, um, when we were kind of meeting about this show, you were mentioning a new missions movement that um, is coming across the body of Christ. And I wanted to hit that really quick. Um, And just, I wanted you to share that, what you told me. Yeah. I had a dream a while back of of young people that were just lit on fire to go across America uh, to preach the gospel. And I feel that's upon us right now. I I feel like that the Lord is uh, disturbing the normal and agitating the hearts with a holy agitation. And he's igniting the young and the old to be missional and missional focus. And some people right now that, that um, you know, they have the, the freedom and the liberty to just get up and go. I feel like that God is saying, this is the time, go for it. And, uh, and I really do feel like a missions movement here in America. And even right now, as I'm speaking, there's young people that they're burning in their heart. They're like, man, I just want to be a part of something that's going to reach people. I don't want to play church games. You know, I want to be really serious about making an impact in my generation. You know, these, these young ones with fire in their eyes, purity, the bride, no compromise. God is just raising them up right now to be able to say, why? not now this is the time arise and shine and destroy the works of the devil mm, dude bro so with that said why don't you just pray 
pray for yeah. those people that are on the line. And you know what? I'm even going to throw out, there's people that are in their sixties right now. There are people that are in their seventies right now that are feeling that as well. And so yeah, just, we, got a, we got a team member with us right now. That's in her sixties in this room and yeah, on fire praying. Uh, he's interceding right now. So it's not just one age category, but yeah. it, God is reviving the hearts and refreshing the church and saying, let's yeah. go. Let's be missional. Let's not shrink back in fear. Let's rise and shine. So I'm going to pray for that. Father, yeah. I thank yeah. you Lord, for every heart that is beating. Let it beat with a passion for Jesus and to make Jesus known. Lord, I thank you, God, for a young generation. Lord, I thank you, God, for the middle-aged folks, Lord. And I thank you, God, for the older generation. Lord, we pray for fire. Lord, I thank you, God, for these elementary students, God, these junior high students, Lord, high schoolers, college-age students, Lord, and these individuals that, that are in their mid-40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s, Lord. God, if they've got oxygen, if they're breathing, Lord, let your spirit revive, refocus, refresh and refire we pray in the mighty name of jesus christ mm -hmm. lord we thank you god for missions movement creative ideas thinking outside of the box and just not uh, just doing traditional things just going with the flow but disturbing the normal god we thank you god for radical open air water baptisms mm -hmm. god we thank you for junior high uh, uh, students saying you know what why not just baptize a bunch of people right now there's a fountain or or high schoolers uh, lord we thank you god for a radical spirit that you're placing on people to say why not now? Why not here? Why not in this generation? We pray for that in Jesus' holy name. Amen, man. Amen. Chris, thank you so much. Thank you to your team that's there. God bless Steve for, um, for interceding in the background. Um, what is the best way? Uh, like, do you post events um, on your, your website? Yeah, you can go to our website, compassiontoaction.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and then you can also follow us on Facebook. And then uh, some of the folks just started a TikTok account too for uh, Compassion Action. And so uh, follow us on those platforms and uh, check out our website, CompassionAction.com. A lot of resources to equip believers on there too. If you want to get okay. equipped in evangelism and discipleship, check out our website, CompassionAction.com. Yeah, now is the time. And honestly, everything you just said is stuff that, has been recirculating in these episodes of Elijah fire. And even some of the like sort of soft pilots that I did on Elijah streams, it, we just kept going back to the same place. This is a movement of the whole body. And I said that to you in our meeting before the show, I said, this is about the whole body coming together. This isn't what? about one group and that, Hey, you guys got to take the back seat. I'm sorry. Or no, it's not your time yet. Like it's, it's the whole body. And that is something that, I mean, we're, we're in it. It's not, oh, this, you know, when this happens, we are in it. And so, yeah, I would just uh, heed the words that Ashley said, Daniela said, Chris said, um, and just be encouraged, everybody. So, Chris, thank you so much, man. You're super generous with your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So that's our show, everybody. Uh, take care. God bless. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.